0: And here we go, here we go.
3: Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. Burge 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Let's go.
4: It is absolutely a football Friday here on Verge 365. That's because the Philadelphia Eagles are actually practicing today. Back-to-back practices. The season's got to be starting <clears throat> this weekend, right?
2: Ah, uh, back-to-back. Wow. Yeah. Uh,
4: uh can't get here. Tough, soon enough. But hey, I did watch football. Did you watch football last night, Nicole? I watched.
2: I watched about 10 minutes of the Jets dominating, and then they jets it, uh, lost in the end, uh, yeah, I uh, I wouldn't get too upset about that. I got a kick out of when Cleveland sent out the players that weren't dressing. Uh, I got their email. It was like thirty-seven, I, I, and I assume the number was similar for the Jets. Um, yeah, Oof, yeah, not
4: not not a lot of starters uh, involved, and that Rogers guy who did a really poignant. And I thought impressive interview during the game. If you watch for ten minutes, I'm sure it wasn't the ten minutes that they.
2: I did not see Aaron. I saw I, I saw Rondé Barber's interview. I saw Joe Thomas. Probably a little bit more than ten. I okay. I saw uh, Rebus as well. So I saw three guys, um, Hall of Famers coming in, um, but I didn't. I didn't see Rogers.
4: They had him mic'd up in. I think it was like the second. I don't even remember what part of the game was, but it was weird in that. Uh, I take it you weren't watching when the lights went out.
2: No, I you didn't know. You know there was out.
4: a twenty-minute delay because the lights in the stadium went out. It's an old. Well, it's always you know? some,
2: always something with that that's that thing. You know they refurbished it. You they know great uh, great Tom Benson cup, apparently. No, well I'll tell you, Jody, it's a hell of a lot nicer than it used to be. It it, it used to be a, a dump to the point you remember the one year where they just didn't play the game. Because the teams, I forget the teams, you might remember, they were like, we're not playing on this garbage. You, You know, you know how it is now. And then Tom Benson, to his credit, and that's why it's named after him, came in and refurbished the thing to the point where it's at least an NFL field from a playing standpoint structure, Um but yeah it used to be much 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 worse i don't know if that did that bad weather out there
4: not that i know of the lights just went out they didn't uh, maybe i flipped over didn't and didn't pay the bill i could could have been a little late on the payment of the bill i'm not sure exactly what it was but the lights went out for a period of time but came back on in time for dorian thompson robinson yeah a quarterback that i talked up here on birds 365 any of my other shows Thought he would be a nice fit for the Philadelphia Eagles for the same reason Marcus Mariota supposedly a good fit, ooh, because he runs and he's got some Jalen like. Yeah, a lot of
2: people. Yeah, a lot of people were looking at DTR around. Yeah, and they took the exact opposite with Tanner McKee.
4: They they took a uh, statue in the the, and I like McKee too, but he's a different type of quarterback than um, Jalen was and and Jalen is. And, though by the way, Robinson went first. Uh, the Eagles were probably going to use the sixth round
2: pick, and Robinson went in the fifth before they came up in yeah. the fifth.
4: Did they even have a fifth-round pick this year? I forget. They the
2: might pick. have. And, and, by the way, Jody, they might have taken him, you know, if he were there, but he was gone. So, you know, he was – I get it. He's, he does look like a fit for this offense, and there's something to say for that to be similar. But I'd, I'd rather have just the better quarterback and you figure it out from there. You know, you hope the backup doesn't have to play. Right. I mean, that's the best case scenario. But I don't mean, want to say. You
4: mean the backup like Jalen Hurts? Oh, sorry. Yeah, he became the starting quarterback. Can, no, you can well, elevate yourself from backup to starter at some yeah, point. Yeah,
2: but career. but but, well, we know Marcus isn't going to do that. I think you know if people are still holding out hope for that, you know, it depends where you are in your career. Yeah, as a younger player, obviously you can elevate if you've been around and as Marcus spoke yesterday, nine years, eight different offensive systems, you know, maybe that's part of the problem, but you know, he's been around for a while now. I think we know he's not going to be a high level starting quarterback. So mm-hmm. it kind of depends where you are in your career. Right. Um, and yeah, he's a young kid. Maybe he can develop uh, odds are against him, but Hey, good luck. And some people thought the odds were against Jalen Hurts again, uh, but
4: uh, he has become the quarterback he's become. Uh, yesterday in practice, you got Sirianni before they got underway, and your buddy of mine, Eric Kratz, uh, did ask him about, uh, or, or at least wrote about the fact that uh, someone, whether it was by uh, design or by accident, it just happened. Hassan Reddick uh, has now become a question as to whether he's happy or not happy or is reacting to the
2: situation, his, <laughs> the
4: situation. There is no situation according to Sirianni. Okay. If you say so coach, um, Ed was the first one that I saw and I had not even thought along these lines, but the fact that Hassan hasn't fully practiced yet, that they have been protecting him because he's got a groin, which he described as a non-injury it's just that he doesn't want to take the chance of reaggravating it, so they're going very cautiously and slowly. Ed kind of tied that into a hold-in,
2: that this was – Yeah, that's my I, fault, by the way, because I yours? told Ed that. Yeah, that's my – I told Tone that on the night show, Football 20. I must have not said it on Birds. I, I don't know. I say it so many – I told Mike Gill. I said, so it's my fault. But I also said, look. And yeah, the best example was Daniil Hunter, who was holding in, so to speak, but he wasn't practicing at all. I mean, he wasn't practicing, period. Hassan's practicing, he's just limited. But I, all I, all I was saying is look, if you've been around the NFL more than two minutes, you realize that these things tend to uh, manifest themselves in Bester. And when you say, somebody like Hassan Reddick coming off the season he had in the career he's had. Cause remember the first three years in Arizona, he's 28 years old. He wildly outperformed his contract. He wildly uh, is underpaid uh, compared to the other top edge rushers in this league. It's natural. It happens all the time. They say, Hey, you know, what about me? Uh, and, that's all I said. And, you know, the situation may um, be nothing. Um, he's practicing. He's just doing some seven-on-seven stuff, some individual stuff. And, again, the hold-in, the most recent, and Hunter got $20 million, was he wasn't practicing at all, and he was completely healthy. So they're not equal, but – if you don't at least say, eh, you know, Hassan's probably not happy with his contract. And oh, by the way, he then admitted it. Um, and he said, "You guys see what's going on, right?" Meaning, look at my contract. Eh, there's something there, but he's a, he's a professional guy. He he works as you know what off. He's not nobody's saying he's not going to give a hundred percent, but he would like something done. I'm sure. Sure. sure.
4: Not going to say no if the Eagles were to come to him. And uh, it kind of organically came up in his media session the other day. And it, it it's grown some legs here and it may become an issue at some point. Don't know if it is just yet. The one thing that uh, has been reported that I think is just unfair um, to both Redick and, and the Eagles is someone I read stated that, he, he took a hometown discount to come back and play for the Eagles. I don't believe that for a millisecond.
2: No, that's not true.
4: It really, no. it just isn't. He got no. a three-year, $45 million deal. The year before, when he hit the open market, had his best year. This has been Hassan Reddick's career, and it's just gone on a steady uh, increase and gotten better every single year. Last year's increase in production kind of, went off the charts, but he had gotten better every single year. Arizona foolishly tried to use him as an outside linebacker and covering and pass coverage. And they finally, in the last year in Arizona, decide, you know, why don't we just let him uh, put his hand in the dirt and, and just rush off the edge. And he had his best year in Arizona. Then he's a free agent and everybody could have signed him, including the Philadelphia Eagles. He signed a one-year deal with his old college coach down in Carolina for eight and a half, $9 million, wasn't anywhere near $15 million per, and had another good year, even better year than the year before in Arizona. So he was building up to the contract. It wasn't like other teams were offering him that $20 million per, but he said, no, I got to go home to Philadelphia, back to my Camden roots. That's not the case. The Eagles offer was probably right there very close to if not at the top of the market. So the whole he came back for a hometown discount to take care of Philadelphia because that's what he wanted to. I don't know that to be the case at all. And if that's part of your logic as to why you got to rip up the contract he's on right now and give him more because he did you a solid ahead of time. I don't know that to be the case at all. I think the Eagles paid right at the top of the market.
2: Yeah, that's revisionist history. He got what he sort of deserved to get last year. Then he outperformed that contract. Right. And, and, and that's where he is. And that's, you know, he's not the only, he's again, but those, I think you're the only part I disagree with what you just said, Jody is you're discounting those first three years in Arizona. And Asan also brought that up because the reason his Carolina deal was one year, um, and for less than what he should have made for the player he was, was because he only did it for one year in Arizona, and he was already labeled a bust, and he kind of turned that around, and he still talks about it today. Um, and, 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 and people sort of labeled him, and that's why he has the chip on his shoulder. So that really, really set him back. Then he had another good year in Carolina, then I think he got market value, and you know how the this league works. I other edge rushers are getting paid, and they go above and above and above and above, and all of a sudden, it's not only Hassan Reddick. I, I mentioned Hunter, uh, um, um, uh, Bosa, uh, uh, Crosby. All, all these guys are are you know going way past in some cases twenty million dollars and he's sitting there at 15 million coming off the year he had fourth in defensive player of the year voting 19 and a half sacks so yeah it happens that quickly now he's underpaid now he's underpaid and he knows the eagles know what type of player he is because they had an historic pass rush and that's not embellishment historic um, fourth team in NFL history to get 70 sacks first team in NFL history to have four guys get 10 or more. Right. And he's the key to it all. He's the guy, he's the best on that historic pass rush. So yeah, he's underpaid. Um, and he still got that chip on his shoulder from those first three years in Arizona. Um, and that set him back. And that factors into this because He's not on his first contract. He is 28 years old. The Eagles just drafted Nolan Smith. He sees that as well. You got to seize the moment when it's the moment, Jody. That's kind of what I said to everybody and where it's, you know, so it's partially my fault. But you got you got to seize the moment in this league. And after 19 and a half sacks, top five defensive player of the year, that's the moment. That's the moment. Typically for people around the league. Understood. But I will debate with both you
4: and Hassan Redick if Redick really meant this, and I think he's using it as self-motivation. Uh 2020 20 hindsight. Sometimes tw- you can learn from 2020 20 hindsight. Sometimes it's too too easy, and too simple. Why why do you think his sacks went from two and a half, four and one to 12
2: twelve and a half? In his fourth year, his his Arizona... Excuse me? They changed his position. Exactly.
4: So why would you hold those first three years against him and say that, oh, he was a bust? He was a bust uh, because the Arizona Cardinals were stupid and played played him out of position.
2: Because that's how the... You know how this league works, Jody. He was the 13th pick in the draft. He was the 13th pick in the draft. If he goes to Arizona... And he craps the bed because, yes, they made – remember, I talked about this last night as well. Remember Micah Parsons. If the injuries don't happen, the Dallas Cowboys still might might not know what they have in Micah Parsons. Guys make mistakes. We have people saying all the time, oh, move Nolan Smith, the all-ball linebacker. And he got a couple reps there yesterday because all the injuries and people are excited about it. Yeah, all right, get excited about it. That would be a freaking disaster if the Eagles did that, just like Arizona, just like Dallas. These guys don't get everything right, and the league as a whole says, oh, this guy was the 13th overall pick. He's a bad player. He doesn't deserve to be there. And, and all of a sudden, uh, it, it, it it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's just the reality. That's what Hassan went through because if, if they just said, oh, Let's throw out the first three years of his career and pretend that his fourth year in Arizona was his was his first year. You know, then everybody's lining up and saying, "Hey, let's give this guy the, the moon." But that's not how it works. They're saying, "Hey, they turned down his fifth year option." You know how that works in this league, Jody. That uh, the thirteenth overall pick, it, it becomes this narrative. It becomes this narrative. And Hassan lived through it, and that's why he's got the giant chip on, uh, chip on his shoulder. Brandon Graham lived through it. Brandon Graham's 35 years old, Jody. 35 years old is one of this franchise's best players ever on defense, ever. He's got like 10 years of being top 10 in PFF as a two-way defensive man. Stops the run, uh, uh, rushes the pass. The narrative here for years was, oh, God, we could have had Earl Thomas. We could have had Jason Pierre-Paul. This guy stinks. And all of a sudden, he turns into this great player. Now everyone knows he's a really good player, but they still don't know how good, and he's 35. And you know why they still don't know how good? Because of those first couple years. And, well, and because not, of I'll the just set. say
4: the people who, who think along those lines don't know what they're talking about. Well, I would agree it, it, maybe with that. it's a league-wide accepted thing, but I'd say shame on the league that you can't see. Now, Brandon and, and Hassan are a tough comparison because Brandon never changed positions. Brandon just got better. Brandon may have underachieved for whatever reason his first couple of years in life, but he just got better basically playing the same position. Hassan, there's something obvious you can look at and go, oh, maybe they just screwed up by playing him at a bad position for the first three years. And kudos to the Carolina Panthers. And yeah, I'll try not to hurt myself. I'll pat myself on the back. Kudos to Jody McDonald, because I said that the Eagles should have signed him the year that he played for Carolina. I projected. Look at what they did. First time they play him at the position he should be played, he got 12 and a half sacks. Why wouldn't you go out and get him? And the only offer that he had that he felt comfortable with was Carolina, so he took it. Uh, But I thought the Eagles should have had him a year ahead of time, but at least they rightfully signed him to a three-year, $45 million contract, which was league value. I don't think he was overpaid. I don't think he was underpaid. I don't think he took a team hometown discount. Now he has had an unbelievable off-the-charts type year do you think howie roseman will say you know we really do need to take care of this guy he did he, he outperformed everything his expectations our expectations that's kind of the way the league work guys get annoyed how far does hassan need to push the the envelope if he really wants to get this done before the season starts how do you think it plays the rest of camp i you know
2: if i were howie i w- i would tweak his deal and it's pretty easy to do. You give him a couple extra million dollars, you add a year on the contract, and you make the player happy. Um, that's what I would do. Um, you know, the Eagles are are, are very disciplined, um, and they have Nolan Smith, and they're very forward thinking. And they might say, "Well, how much tread is on the tire?" and all that kind of stuff. Can he do it again? You know, I think that's how you get in trouble. Whereas, you know, if you give them a couple extra million to say, hey, we love you, and pat him on the back, sort of. <clears throat> it's more of a motivational technique than anything else for me. Um, I think it would be better for the team. You know, when you sit and, and say and, and play hard line on situations like this, and I get it, I get both sides because you don't want to set the precedent. <clears throat> but. You know, you can go back and say, Jody, um, all right, when you're top five in defensive player of the year voting, that's the precedent. When you're getting 20 sacks and running and and, and have a run to the Super Bowl as the best defensive player we have, or at least the most impactful defensive player we have, that's the precedent. You know, how many people are going to reach that precedent? Right.
4: Go um, forward.
2: So I, I don't see any downside to it, but I'll, I'll be the first to acknowledge how he's smarter than me with stuff like this. Obviously, Reddick doesn't have a ton of leverage. The leverage for Harry Lo- Roseman is keep one of your best players happy as you know what, uh, happy as a clam. And I I don't see the downside. Well, yeah, you know, you don't go long term. You don't say you just you just Give them a couple extra million dollars. You, you you tack a year on. It's better for salary cap purposes anyway. Um, It's easy. It's easy in my my view. Yeah, The, the, the downside is at some point, you got to pay for it. If you're going to spread it out over time and add years to the contract, those voidable well, They've proven year. they don't care about that. They, I mean, they just don't care about that. Uh, it, they it, just it. don't. I mean, we can talk about it, but they've proven time and time. They don't care about it. Uh, so are they going to care about it with a son reddick and again we're talking a much lower talking a couple literally 2 3 million dollars that's all i'm talking about um they're not going to they they don't care about that they they they've proven it time and time again with big contracts jalen hurts being the most notable um i mean yeah that's that that would be disingenuous for the eagles to say oh we all of a sudden care about it, and but I don't think that's the way they do business. I don't, I don't think that is. And all of this conversation, I I don't know if Asan Reddick is upset. Maybe he's got a sore groin. Sometimes a sore groin is a sore groin, and sometimes a sore groin is, hey, I'm not, I'm not doing this bold bleep, unless you came in. And, it, o-
4: and know. only Hassan knows for sure. And he is surely one of the most important defensive pieces for the Eagles, just uh, overall pieces for the Eagles. And the starting middle linebacker might be a guy who falls into that category as well. <laughs> yeah. I know you reported yesterday that both N'Kobe Deem and, and James Bradbury left with injuries, went into the tent. Both came back out and stood on the sidelines, didn't participate again, but neither one of them had to go inside the facility, so it doesn't look like anything major uh, injury-wise. But uh, you you did see the Eagles start to scramble at the linebacker position when N'Kobe Dean wasn't out there for the rest of practice. Yeah, how's this Eagle linebacker core going to look if N'Kobe Dean really gets hurt this year?
2: Boy, I mean, you know, I knew it. Yeah, no, we've talked about it a lot on this show and, and I've said the Eagles have gone too far when it comes to devaluing the linebacker position. For the most part, I agree with them, uh, but I think they've taken it too far. And when you saw it manifest itself and if it was for one morning, you know, we're not talking about four games or five games. When you saw it manifest itself for one morning um, in the summer, and you say, wow, Christian Ellis <clears throat> and Nicholas Morrow are your first-team linebackers. It, you know how I described it to Tone last night? You know, granted, all right, Eagles fans get mad. They always get mad. You're negative, blah, blah, blah. It, it, if this were the Dallas Cowboys linebacker group, they would be killing the Cowboys. They would be killing them, laughing at them, saying, what are they doing? or the new york giants or washington or whatever this linebacker would be killing them eagles fans oh eagles fans okay gotcha would be killing uh those particular teams this is bad this is bad this is a bad room a bad group a bad idea any other bads i can get in there jody something's got to be added. Right, to this then, I,
4: I, I want to revisit this because I know you got to run out of here in about three, four minutes uh, to go to Eagle's camp. Cause you and I disagreed on this earlier this summer. And it's a complete hypothetical. Cause I don't think it can happen at one point. I thought it could happen, but now I don't. Patrick queen linebacker, Baltimore Ravens fifth year option, not picked up. They draft a linebacker, I believe in the third round kid out of Clemson, uh, that looks like a natural replacement for Patrick Queen. Um, and I suggested the bird should have interest in him. And for what he's accomplished and where he was drafted and everything else, I thought the price on the open market would be a third round pick. Your stance was, there's no way Howie Roseman gives up a day two pick for a linebacker. Just not happening, Jody. They don't do that. That's not the way they evaluate linebacker. Well, Johnny Mack is pretty outspoken today about how bad that linebacker room is right now. And if Kobe Dean goes down, oh my God, it looks pretty damn empty to me. Does it have that big an effect that the Eagles would change their overall stance on what they'd be willing to pay for an upgrade as far as draft capital goes in a deal?
2: No, they they, they they still own it. But, but, but here's the thing, Jody. And this is the difference between you know, taking linebackers in the first round like Patrick Queen or even, you know, Roquan Smith, top 10 picks, Devin White, top 10 picks versus what the Eagles have done. There's a comfortable middle. Like, you know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, whatever they got him for, a fifth and a seventh or fourth and a seventh, I forget. I'd have to look it up. But, it you know, a couple day two, day three picks. There's, there's going to be a linebacker out there maybe on the final year of his rookie deal, that's a huge upgrade on what they have that they can get for day three capital. Uh, so I'm not saying you got to make a splash and you got to get Queen or you got to get Devin White or you got to get a big name, but you got to get a Chauncey Gardner. And and this is not CJ now after the people saw him. CJ last year where it's like, eh, he's a nickelback. He's moving to safety, and we're all saying, is this going to work? And it worked out, obviously, really well. And I'm not saying that's going to work out. But you're going to be able to get a player like that who's has it broken through in their original city um, and is going to be better than what the Eagles have. And what the Eagles have, obviously, is Nick Morrow and Christian Ellis and – Davion, Davion Taylor, Taylor and 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 Ben Van Sumerin and, and Sean Bradley and players like that. And they you know, Kyron Johnson, you know, they tried him um at all linebacker, moved him back to edge rusher. Um in the spring they tried him, moved him back to edge rusher. Now he took a couple snaps there. Nolan took a couple snaps. Derek Barnett took a couple snaps at at linebacker in developmental period. Uh, this is one day, Jody. One, one, not, not one, even day. one day. Half, one a, day. half yeah. a day. Half a day because he practiced to begin with.
4: It was just a half a practice that they had to come up with answers and they seemed like they were grasping from all over the place. John, you, you, I know you got to go and you're a great reporter. I want you to figure that guy for me. And today's a Friday, so we got Monday. Um, who's that guy who you wouldn't have to give up a day to pick for Who's a linebacker who might be available via trade because the other team, and there aren't many teams in the NFL that you can say this fact, have linebacker depth. The, the entire league seems to be searching for linebackers, but I, I've combed the rosters and tried to find that guy and I'll be damned if I can do it. So I, I'll put you to the well, test.
2: I, I, I'll take up that baton. I'll have to carve out some time because it can't be hard, Jody, because everybody's backups are better than the Eagles' backups. I, Bottom well, line, I, as I, dominant as maybe dominant. I,
4: maybe I overrate the Eagles' backups uh, yes. because I yes. couldn't find that guy. Then I said, oh, well, is this guy really that much better than, yeah, I, I, I tried. I couldn't come up with that guy. As dominant you as, do, I, as... I'll dip my hat to you, big guy
2: as dominant as the Eagles defensive line is as dominant defensive front, I'll call it as dominant as the offensive line is as dominant as the cornerbacks are the quarterback, the top of the wide receiver group. This is a very, very, very good football team to call them. Bottom five at linebacker is probably being kind. They're bottom two. I think, PFF rated them 31 yeah so they 31 rated somebody out of 32 yeah. so they rated somebody worse and I forget who they rated worse but everybody has got better options than the Eagles basically in the NFL yeah at yeah. that position and the the reporting on the Kobe Dean you uh
4: BLG uh all of beat guys I I did I say this with you I don't remember where I said it I thought it was a really good line by uh, Elliot Shaw Parks. I heard him on WIP. He said, it's amazing. And N'Kobe Dean, all last year, every single practice, so far the practices this year, has not made an eye-opening play, but has not made an eye-opening mistake either. Because every Mm. once in a while you get beat on coverage, you look real bad, you go, what the hell was that all about? He said, he knows N'Kobe's there. He sees him on the field. He just never makes this great play, tip ball, come up with an interception, gets blatantly beat by Goddard on coverage. No, he just gets through practice. And, and the, hey, at this point, that's good for the Eagle linebackers. If you're not messing anything well, up, it's yeah, pretty and, damn good. And
2: we don't have time because I got to go, but, you know, we haven't, we'll talk about that next week. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's this, the assumption that Nicobi's going to be Fred Warner. Yeah, that ain't true either. So, uh, you know, Again, there's. I think the Eagles have taken it too far at the linebacker position. I I, I agree with their sentiment for the most part. They've just taken it too far. They've it's, just taken it too far when it, it comes to devaluing.
4: One thing to devalue, and then there's no value which is, unfortunately, where the Eagles might be get their linebacker position. All
2: right, uh, so who's talking today? Who are you going to hear? Uh, Sean Desai, so he'll get plenty of N'Kobe Dean questions. If 42 will allow me to get there in time. Pretty much a
4: given. Johnny Mac, safe travels. Johnny Mac and I will be back here Monday. I'm Birds365. All right, rest of the way, going to do a little different today. Uh, Got a new guest here on the show. He's doing a podcast here on the uh, Jacob Media YouTube channel. Uh, We're going to talk with Bill Colarulo, uh, whose podcast is Legal Hands to the Face, or Two-Face. Bill's going to jump in and do a uh, spot for me a little later in the show. Brian Cameron, uh, managing editor of the Philadelphia Sports Network.com is going to jump in. Jody Mack here with you on a football Friday on Birds 365.
0: Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch Six ABC twenty four seven with the Six ABC Philadelphia streaming app.
5: And the big story on Action News. Search
0: Six ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
6: Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently.
1: Go first.
6: Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly ninety years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams.
3: Oh. And go, birds.
6: The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Alright, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really?
1: <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. Alright, here we go. Let's hear the crowd <sighs> So go to letter, go to look fake Mama go! Oh, mama! She did it. Again. You she can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare not, can not help healthcare, you avoid, financial, avoid surprises financial surprises by helping support. you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh.
5: E-A-G-L-E-X eagles
4: appreciate you streaming in here on birds 365 a football friday johnny mack already off to eagles practice today so for the next half hour or so i will be joined by bill i want to get your name right bill colorulo i got that right
7: nailed it jody what's going on man
4: how you doing buddy
7: Doing well, man. The season is finally here. It felt like an eternity after that holding call in Super Bowl 57, but we're here, man.
4: Geez, I tried to keep that out of the back of my mind, but it does come up every once in a while. Uh, Bill is a host on uh, Jacob Media, does a podcast, Legal Hands to Face. How do you Legal Hands how to the, the Face.
7: Twitter handle is Legal Hands to Face, but the show is Legal Hands to the Face.
4: Oh, okay. So uh, there is a dot in there in one of the two. I, I want to make sure I get that right. How do you come up with the name for both your Twitter handle or your X handle, should I say, and the show? Yeah, that's going to take a while to get used to that
7: X over Twitter. Yeah, I saw a tweet the other day or an X the other day. Someone said we're still calling Delaware Ave. Delaware Ave. Even though it's been changed to Columbus Boulevard years ago. <laughs> we're, we're never going to stop calling Twitter. Twitter. Exactly. They're but very I'm ch- actually I'm an attorney, so I'm a lawyer. Chasing the Philly Sports Talk dream, Jody. So that's the legal hands to the face aspect. I practiced law for about 15 years, was a trial attorney, and now I'm taking those those skills. I'm seeing in the comments, people are saying not to trust me, but uh, you know, I don't trust a lawyer. People are saying, but yeah, yeah so right. I'm doing the Philly Sports Talk
4: now. We we love our streamers and we thank them all for it. Now, before you ever get a chance to hear what Bill's got to say, go ahead and hit the like button. And if you don't like what he says, you don't have to hit it again. But it first, for me and Johnny Mac for the first segment, um, yeah, I, if you sit here and read the stream, you'll just want to pull your hair out. And I don't have any left to pull. The very little strands I have left are not enough. So don't do that to yourself. Don't, don't, don't be uh, uh, affected by them while you and I are talking. All right. Uh, so you made the jump over from attorney to uh, media personality content provider here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Good time to do it with the Eagles coming into a season where they are certainly the NFC favorite, one of the favorites to actually walk away with a championship. Uh, But I think I saw on one of your tweets, one of your posts uh, about why the Eagles can do that where others haven't. Only eight times in the history of the league has a team gone from Super Bowl loser back to the Super Bowl. Only three times have they actually won it. The Rams, uh, the Patriots did against the Rams a couple of years ago. But other than that, you got to go back 40 years to find a team that did it. Why do you think the Eagles are suitable for doing something like that this year?
7: Yeah, you're not kidding, man. The odds are against them
4: for sure. And
7: on top of all that, the hardest schedule in the league from a strength of schedule. But I think there's a few reasons why they're going to do it. Number one, great veteran leadership on this team. You look around that locker room, Fletcher Cox, Jason Kelsey, you have Lane Johnson, Jalen Hurts, and let's not forget Brandon Graham. I mean, the crazy thing is, Jody, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, and Jason Kelsey, if they all stay healthy this year, they're going to finish as 1, 2, and 3 with the most games played in an Eagles uniform in franchise history. All three of those guys. That's pretty remarkable. But I think the real reason they have a shot to do it is you just look at this NFC. What other quarterback in this NFC, now that Rodgers is gone, what other quarterback, Tom Brady's retired, who's even on a level close to Jalen Hurts? And I think when you look at the combination between quarterback and head coach, the Eagles have a real advantage over the rest of the NFC.
4: There is no doubt in my mind that coming into the season, Jalen Hurts is the number one quarterback in the NFC. And uh, we we do this all the time here on the show, and uh, you haven't had a chance to, so we'll let you get your opinion involved too. I think it's a two-team race. I think it's the Eagles. I think it's the 49ers. And then I think there's a drop-off. Now, there are other, and we, here in Philadelphia, we look at the Dallas Cowboys in a very specific light. Uh, I like to get others' opinions on the Dallas Cowboys who don't come at it from a perspective of despise the way most people in Philadelphia do for the Dallas Cowboys. And certainly nationally, they're getting more credit and uh, credit and props uh, than uh, maybe we do here in Philadelphia. But I'm sorry, and this has nothing to do with bias or dislike or whatever. I think Cowboys are overrated. I Jerry Jones said this week he thinks the Cowboys are – eagles commanders and giants better be on notice because the dallas cowboys are better at certain positions they are they went up went out and upgraded their wide receiver position they went out and got a top flight cornerback because across from Diggs uh was a problem last year but they also have some issues they lost a tight end and i don't think they significantly replaced him. i uh, just double checking bill you're, you're not going to try out for the Cowboys for their kicker position next week. Are you? Because <laughs> They still don't have a kicker. And Oh, by the way, that Zach Martin guy is sitting at home and the owner has already uh, put it on record that, Hey, I got to save my money because I got to pay my past Russian linebacker at some point. He's going to get the big bucks, Michael Parsons. So That's good. Really alienate one of the best offensive linemen in football. I don't think the Cowboys are as big a threat as some people, other people do nationally to the Eagles. I think it's Eagles or 49ers or good luck with any other prediction. How do you break out the NFC? Yeah,
7: I think you're you're right, Jody, with regard to the 49ers. The one thing that concerns me about that team, if I'm the 49ers fans, is their quarterback. I know Brock Purdy last year came on, Mr. Irrelevant, played really off the charts for what you would have expected from a rookie that's drafted as the last pick in the draft. Who's going to be their quarterback this year? You know, Is Trey Lance ready? Is it Brock Purdy? Is it Sam Darnold? So as much as I think Kyle Shanahan is a good coach, I think where they lack is going to be at the quarterback position. But jumping over to the Cowboys, and I'm going to – Let me just interrupt you ahead.
4: Ahead. What if Purdy just picks up where he left off? He got hurt. And he got hurt against Eagles – Yep, And the 49er fans overstated the, we would have won the game. If you had stopped that, we could have won the game. I think most people would have been okay. But to go as far as we would have won the game, a little obnoxious 49er fans and 49er players too. Um, But he's in camp. He's throwing the ball fine. Uh, I've seen comments from his teammates that say they can't even tell that he was hurt last year. If Purdy picks up right from where he left off last year, He might be the second-best quarterback in the NFC behind Hurts. It's possible because I don't think there's a lot of competition to be the second-best
7: quarterback in the NFC. I just think that I'm not saying Brock Purdy's not going to be a decent quarterback in this league, but I think what you saw at the end of last season is going to be the exception, not the norm with him. I think he's going to be an average quarterback, potentially an above-average quarterback, But the guy was really playing lights out at the end of the year last year. There's going to be more tape on him. You know that. You know how these defensive coordinators probably reviewed things over the offseason to start game planning for him. But their defense is what scares me. It's not going to be their quarterback. It's going to be the defensive side of the ball for the 49ers. But, yeah, if Brock Purdy can can prove that he is really that guy, that's going to be the team the Eagles need to beat. And – I think home field advantage is going to be important. You know, only one team gets that by now. So can the Eagles with this tough schedule be the number one seed in the NFC? That's going to be a big question mark.
4: And that home field advantage probably decided in the game between the Eagles and the 49ers during the regular season, which is you're in Philadelphia. So advantage Eagles on that one. Um, But let me ask about your stance of ooh, there's more tape on Brock. Purdy. Everyone's now seen the tape on Brock Purdy. After Jalen Hurts' first year as a uh, first-year full-time starter, yeah, he played a handful of games stepping in for Carson Wentz, but uh, we knew that Jalen was going to end up being better than that. The question was how much better. Had the good, solid second year. Got him to the playoffs. All right, got beat badly by the Bucks down there in Tampa. Didn't everyone have that much more tape on Jalen Hurts going into last season? And didn't he take it to a level that none of us expected him to be able to get to?
7: Yeah, I think that's the wonderful thing about Jalen Hurts that we get to see firsthand is you see his work ethic. You see how the guy tries to improve every single week. We don't see Brock Purdy. Now, I know Brock Purdy is working his way back from injury. Is he going to be able to take that leap that Jalen Hurts took from year one to year two? That's a big question mark. No one's going to know that until we see him play this year.
4: But Uh, no way he takes that leap. The question is, can he maintain can he be the same quarterback he was last year? If that's the case, he's the second-best quarterback in the NFC. Yeah, and and to your point about
7: the 49ers being a, a threat, they also don't need Brock Purdy to be Jalen Hurts. That's not how they're going to win games. They're winning games with their defense. They're winning games with Christian McCaffrey from the backfield. Short little passes to George Kittle, Debo Samuel. As long as Brock Purdy doesn't make mistakes, which he really didn't do last year, that gives them a chance to win every single week. So they're definitely a threat. But to the Cowboys, I agree with you that the Dallas Cowboys probably took a step back this year. But one of the things that really concerns me about them, and look, I'm an Eagles fan. I hate the Cowboys more than anybody else. But you look at Dak Prescott. I know he's been a turnover machine over the last couple of years. He had the injury bug last year. But you look at his record. Against the NFC East in his career, and he's 27 and 7 against the NFC East. He's 8 and 3 against the Eagles, 9 and 2 against the Commanders, and 10 and 2 against the Giants in his career. So if the Eagles want to win the NFC East again and be the first repeat champ in almost 20 years, they have to figure out a way to beat Dak Prescott because even when this guy is not playing well, he seems to play well against the Eagles and the rest of the NFC East, and that could be a problem.
4: Yeah, and uh, specifically, here's the one thing I'm hoping for this year, and it's not with eagle-colored glasses on, it's just NFL fan glasses on. I want to see Dak Prescott against Jalen Hurts twice. Last year we got it no times because the Eagles beat uh, the Cowboys without uh, Dak and the Cowboys beat the Eagles without Jalen Hurts. I just hope they match up twice this year, that both quarterbacks are healthy for both of those uh, two matchups. All right, so – and the other thing about the Cowboys, just want to get this in. You got an opinion on how good a play caller Mike McCarthy is going to be this year for Dallas?
7: I have zero confidence in Mike McCarthy as a head coach. I mean, any success that he had in the past was because he had Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback in Green Bay. And we saw last year in Dallas, he is not a good football coach. He is, And now he's taken over play calling. Not looking forward to that if I'm a Cowboys fan.
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm not as down. John uh, McMullen and I agree on this. Uh, some people just uh, bury Mike McCarthy. I, I think you got to give him credit for what he did accomplish in Green Bay. It always helps you have Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't think he's a bad head coach, but I just don't think he's a good play caller. So because the Cowboys got bounced in the second round of the playoffs, somebody had to pay a price up. Oh, let's run the offensive coordinator out of town and turn it over to a guy who, I just don't think was all that great when he was a play caller in green Bay. So yeah, that he'll be, he'll be under the microscope for that all year, at least for me and probably from a whole lot of others, but I don't, I don't bury him as head coach. I just don't know how good a play caller he's going to be. So the Cowboys will be the number one agitator in the a- 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 NFC East or will they? Do you think either the Commanders or the Giants? The Giants legitimately made the playoffs last year. Um, went into Minnesota, won a game. Came here to Philadelphia, got their tail kicked. Got their tail kicked basically three times by the Eagles last year. So I'm not talking head-to-head Giants against the Eagles, but just Giants overall. Or, or are you a Sam Howell fan? Uh, what are you thinking about the other two teams in the division that the Eagles have to face this year?
7: Two good head coaches on those other teams. And I think Ron Rivera is a great coach. I think Brian Dable, the Giants, finally got it right. After Ben McAdoo and Joe Judge, the Mara family got it right. I think Brian Dable is a great coach. We saw what he did with Josh Allen in Buffalo. That's a team that is a dark horse for the NFC East. I just don't know how good Daniel Jones is going to be this year. He played well last year. But you know, I have a couple of buddies in New York. They are very high on Daniel Jones. think that you're going to see him make a big leap this year. I just don't see it. I just don't hey, see do him I. taking that big of a leap. But again, does he have to? Does he have to be as good as Jalen Hurts? Can they win games if Saquon Barkley can stay healthy? But I do have a lot of confidence in Brian Dable as a coach, so they concern me a little bit. But they're not as good on paper, anywhere near as good on paper with that roster as the Eagles are. And then, like you mentioned, with the commanders, they,
4: just, they have a lot of problems at their quarterback position. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, no. Well, our buddy Ed Kratz who comes on the show all the time, big, big Sam Howell fan. I'm not as big a Sam Howell <laughs> fan as he is, uh, but we'll see. If the Eagles don't go five and one in division this year, I'm going to be disappointed. If if they come back four and two, and that's what they were last year because they lost to the Cowboys and. I think people have tried to annex it from their memories that they got beat by the commanders here in Philadelphia. The only game that Jalen Hurts started last year that the Eagles lost, other than of course the Super Bowl, was that Washington game where they turned the ball over as much as they did. Uh no, they need to be five and one in division this year. They they gotta be able to sweep the commanders. If they lose one along the way, uh, I, I could live with it. If it's a Cowboys down and down, I live with it. But I think they uh, really do need to go 5-1 and one if they want to uh, have that overall home field advantage with the tough overall schedule. That you they're know what's crazy, Jody, is both Cowboys games will
7: be done by week 14. They don't play the Giants for the first time until week 16. So they right. play the Giants week 16 and week 18. Those games may not even matter by the time
4: you get there. I don't know why the NFL put both of the Giants games so late in the season. And the funny thing about last year was they played the Giants the last game of the season last year, too, and the Giants didn't play. They they went to the backup reserve because they knew they were locked into the wild card, couldn't move up, couldn't move down. The Eagles actually did need to win that game. Brought Hurts back from the injury list because there was the outside possibility if they lost, the 49ers and the Cowboys could catch them and get home field advantage throughout. So it was really weird. The Eagles had already locked up the division but uh, or close to locked up the division. They actually needed to play that last game. We'll see how those late games play out this year. I right, need you on the record for what Johnny Mack and I were talking about right before you came on Eagles in the linebacker position. N'Kobe Dean left the field yesterday, went into the injury tent. Seems okay. Doesn't look like it's any major injury and I kind of expect him back out there on the field, maybe limited today in practice. But John said with N'Kobe Dean out of the lineup yesterday, The linebackers just looked a little thin. The Eagles even got a little desperate throwing certain guys at the outside linebacker position that they don't usually play there. Nolan Smith and Derek Barnett. Derek Barnett getting some linebacker snaps yesterday. The Eagles are thin. Some might say woefully thin at the linebacker position. And if they suffer an injury, uh, it gets real thin real fast. They have basically, with the moves they made this offseason, previous seasons and the like, we can read between the lines on how much they valued the linebacker position. Answer, not much, if at all. But they do have to have linebackers out there. They're not going to play super big nickel where they play five safeties on the field at the same time. So somebody's got to play linebacker. How do you think the Eagles handle the linebacker position will Howie Roseman be looking to make a trade uh how do you think the linebacker shakes out between now and opening day
7: and I've been doing videos on our social media channel all off season about this I am very concerned about the linebacker position and I've been saying it since they let T.J. Edwards walk I was fine with them letting Kazeer White walk I thought he was an up and down player last year but T.J. Edwards, I think a lot of guys underestimated how good he was last year. He played 94% of the snaps, led the team in tackles, was number seven in the NFL in tackles. He was wore the green dot, called the plays last year. So they let both linebackers walk, and we're putting everything. I know D- Dean got hurt last year, but even when the Kobe Dean is healthy, we're putting a lot on this guy's shoulders. He has only played 34 snaps. As a defensive player in the NFL, I know we're all hopeful he's going to go back to what he was at Georgia. I am as well. But if he's not, what do you have other than Dean? They bring in Nicholas Morrow. He was an up and down player in Chicago. Obviously, Chicago thought that they were getting an upgrade. They paid T.J. Edwards more money and let us take Morrow.
4: Significantly more money.
7: Exactly. So, you know, they think Morrow's a downgrade from T.J. Edwards. And then who do you have after him? I know a lot of people are high on Christian Ellis. He's another young guy. We've really not seen him play that much defense. He's been a special teamer. You got Sean Bradley, local kid from Mount Holly, New Jersey, special teamer. So like you said yesterday, throwing Nolan Smith back there, Derek Barnett, I don't know what they're going to do. I would love to see them bring a guy in, but like we've seen year after year, Howie Roseman and the Eagles don't value that position. So I don't know who they could even bring in at this point. And I was looking up some people yesterday trying to see, is there anyone that they could pry away? A name that came up, a familiar name, would Jordan Hicks potentially be available from the Minnesota Vikings? I don't know. Is that a guy that they maybe would bring back? He's got familiarity with this city. But Minnesota just restructured his deal, so they may be keeping him. But they are very, very thin at that linebacker position. I know in in camp we've seen a few times they've gone to a three-safety look which may help a little bit with that linebacker position, but I'm concerned. I've been concerned. I really would have liked to have seen them bring back T.J. Edwards this year, but they
4: don't value the position. Yeah, they just don't. Uh, John and I are both uh, big T.J. Edwards fans going into last year, and he had an unbelievable career year and uh, got himself paid, and he got to go home uh, to Chicago. So uh, the Bears put much more of an emphasis on the linebacker. We'll see how that plays out this year. And speaking of the Bears – Yesterday, they signed Yannick Ngakwe, who has been one of the better free agents, still sitting out there well into training camp now. I did come to an agreement on a one-year, $10 million contract. And the reason why I bring that up is because the Bears are a team that has been mentioned in some media speculation reports as to a possible landing spot for Derek Barnett. The Eagles have tremendous depth right now at the edge pass rusher position. Yeah. Um, and Derek Barnett coming back from the injury. The Eagles redid his deal. You just mentioned that the the, the Vikings just redid a deal. Usually when that happens, it's because they want to keep the player. They, if you think you can trade the player, uh, you, when you redo a guy's deal, ask him to compromise on some things with you. Usually, you, it signifies that you want to keep the player. People had been suggesting off-season that Derek Barnett is a prime trade candidate. That. If he can show that he's healthy, he's still worth something. Day three pick, chances are, but still worth something on the open market if they were to trade him. Well, the Bears were a team that looked like they could use an upgrade at the edge pass Russia position. Uh, They filled that void yesterday by signing Yannick Ngakwe. So uh, Derek Barnett, we haven't had you on the show yet. He's a guy that uh, yours truly has a specific opinion about. Not a big fan. Uh, is he going to be a member of this team this year? And if so, how often is he going to see the field?
7: Yeah, I mean, they are deep at that edge position, but I think just like we were saying that Howie Roseman and the Eagles don't value the linebacker position, we know how much they value that defensive line, especially their edge rushers. So I think you're going to see Derek Barnett on this team. I don't think that he's going to bring back a lot in return if you tried to trade him. They restructured his deal. You're not paying him a lot.
0: And
7: We're very, very lucky to have all 22 of their opening day starters playing that Super Bowl. But if one of these edge rushers goes down, it'd be nice to have a former first-round pick. I'm still hanging my hat on the fact that he broke Reggie White's record
4: in college. You got to let that go. Yeah, You really have to let that go. It it doesn't matter anymore. We are well removed from that. (laughs) That's why he was drafted when he was drafted. I don't even hold that against him anymore. I just don't think he's got it. That's why I'm not sure why, other than he's a good team guy and he's a hard worker, he just hasn't performed on the field. I don't even hold the disappointment of where he was picked in the draft against him anymore. I just don't know if he can play. What's frustrated me most about
7: him is it always seemed like he had a personal foul penalty in the worst times. You know, it seems he's a little bit undisciplined, but I think with the Eagles – they brought back Brandon Graham, who had a great season last year. But how much can you rely on BG this year? He is getting older. You know, I'm hopeful he's going to have another great season. But if, God forbid, one of these guys goes down, I think it would be nice to have some depth at that position. They have Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, Nolan Smith, Brandon Graham. But I think with what we know about how much the Eagles value this edge position, I think you're going to see Derek Barnett on this team. That's why they restructured him. Who can you get for cheaper than what they're going to pay Derek Barnett that's the question
4: uh, um, I think they have a couple of guys even further down on their bench they can do exactly what Derek Barnett can do and more if need be all right I uh, do want to get your evaluation on another key position for the Eagles this year major changes because they let their two starting safeties walk away during the offseason as free agents most people Pretty darn sure that Reed Blankenship's going to step in and be able to handle one of those two starting spots. He's been getting first-team reps all throughout uh, the preseason and was even made available by the media. I, I I judge between the lines as to who the Eagles make available. Christian Ellis all of a sudden available to the media. Wonder why? Because he's going to play Reed yeah. Blankenship all of a sudden available to the media. Why? Because he's going to be the starting safety on our field about a hundred percent of the time this year. Uh, How do you think the safety position shakes out? Because it seems like it's still up for grabs. That's never a bad thing when it's actually decided by competition. You just hope somebody grabs a job by the throat. Who do you think that's going to be at the safety position for the Eagles?
7: Yeah, you're 100% right. Reed Blankenship, I think, has the one safety position locked up. He had a promising rookie season last year. Undrafted comes in. We saw right away what this guy's skill set could be. Very instinctual on that interception By Aaron Rodgers broke on the ball good quickness so I'm okay with Reed Blankenship but it's that other position that's a huge question mark people hear the name Kavon Wallace and fans are getting nervous but Kavon Wallace is battling for that second starting position which is crazy to me I was out on Kavon Wallace I had Barrett Brooks on my podcast recently and he said look out for Kavon Wallace this year So to his credit, Barrett was real high on Kavon Wallace going into this season, said, I think he's going to win that second safety position. I thought he was crazy. I didn't even think Kavon Wallace would have a chance to win the position. But they're giving him an opportunity. The Eagles did bring in Terrell Edmonds from Pittsburgh. Solid player. I don't think you're going to see any flashy plays from him, but I don't know if you'll see a lot of mistakes either. So I was okay with Terrell Edmonds, Reed Blankenship. But Kavon Wallace makes me a little bit nervous. He's had his opportunities last year. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson goes down, they don't give it to Kevon Wallace, they give it to the undrafted rookie Reed Blankenship. So Kevon Wallace, that name makes me a little bit nervous, but hey, he's working hard, maybe he can prove us all wrong in his fourth year with the Eagles. But the expectations were through the roof when we drafted Wallace because safety from Clemson, everybody <laughs> automatically assumed Brian Dawkins. Well, you're not going to yeah. live up to those expectations. It,
4: didn't did we go through that with Derek Barnett and Reggie White? Hey, <laughs> yeah, let's exactly. double down and do it again and think k Wallace is the next uh, Brian Dawkins? Don't make that mistake, Eagle fans. Right, uh, and you're right. Uh, Wallace has practiced very well. John's told us a couple of times uh, that he's opened some eyes uh, at practice and good on the Eagles that they stayed open-minded. Part of it is out of necessity because they, the, the the safeties that they brought in were both inexpensive. It wasn't like they dedicated funds to go out and get a proven safety to replace the two departed starters. Um, so if Kayvon Wallace steps up to the task and earns the job this year, I'll be perfectly fine with that. Uh, and, Uh, I'm not not discounting that possibility. Some people are. I won't, but I'm not going to say, all right, well, he looked great great in four practices. Eagles are going to be great at the safety position. I'm not going to go there either. All right, last question I have for you is about the head coach. New coordinators at both the offensive and defensive sides. That's what happens when you have as good a season as the Eagles have. People want to take your coordinators and make them head coaches, which, by the way, Good luck to both of those guys this year. Colts and Cardinals are going to be just flat-out bad. Um, But uh, gets to elevate one guy from his staff on the offensive side, brings in a new guy on the defensive side. uh, So they have some holes to fill. The staff was, in my eyes, outstanding last year. But Sirianni has had two very successful seasons, playoffs year one, Super Bowl year two. I don't know how you can ask him to do much more than that. And he seems to have won over the town as well. What does Nick Sirianni do in year three? Kind of a tough ask, isn't it, with the success he's had? What are you looking at of uh, the head coach this year of the Eagles?
7: Yeah, it really is. And you, you mentioned, though, with success, this is what happens. You lose coaches. But I got this stat, I think, from Ruben Frank a couple of weeks ago. Losing both coordinators after appearing in the Super Bowl has only happened twice since 1994. You had the 94 49ers and the 0-4 Patriots who were in the Super Bowl who lost both coordinators. So this is not something that happens often. So Nick Sirianni definitely has his work cut out for him. But I do think he's a good coach. I think he's built a great culture there. And the one positive is, at least on the offensive side of the ball, Brian Johnson was here, does have familiarity with Jalen Hurts, played for his dad, so they've known each other for a while. So I think the offense should hopefully not miss a beat. I know... Johnson's never called plays in the NFL. We were talking about McCarthy not being a great play caller. We don't know how Brian Johnson's going to be as a play caller. I I thought Shane Steichen was a really good play caller. And I know Brian Johnson talked to the media yesterday about how a lot of that is done in the week leading up to the game, which is true. But there's still a feel for the game. I mean, you know, Jody, we've seen it week after week. There is a feel for the game. Doug Peterson was another great play caller back in 2017 where they get a feel for the game and they're able to call the right plays at the right times. Big question mark for Brian Johnson, but you have to hope Sirianni is able to be in his ear. And I was reading a story yesterday about how in the middle of the hallway at the Novacare complex, Sirianni will turn to Brian Johnson out of nowhere and say third and eight, 28 yard line. What do you calling?" So, you know, he, he's doing things to try to get Johnson ready, but I just hope that Sirianni has built enough of a culture here that they can survive losing both coordinators and, that Super Bowl hangover. I mean,
4: that's that's a real thing. Like we it talked it, about it earlier. Is. And I thought you made a good point there, that flew in the face of what Nick Sirianni did. There's a flow to the game. There's a feel to the game. You just throw somebody third and eight from the 28 yard line. When do you go? Well, what the hell happened the previous eight plays? That's what I need to know to tell you what the perfect call is on third and eight from the 28. Just blindly picking it out without any context is unfair. Um, But that's what uh, Brian is going to be tasked to do this year because James Steichen was very good. I thought he had a tremendous grasp on the flow of the game and being able to call just the right play. We'll see if Johnson's up to the task. Uh, I need to tell you this. You are up to the task today. Thank you very much, Bill, for hopping on here. Give the people uh, all the info on if they want to be able to check out your podcast and follow you on X. How do they go about doing that?
7: Get Legal Hands to the Face on all your social platforms, all your podcast platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. And we're going to start doing a show live every Monday night on the Jacob Sports Network once the season starts. So check us out, Legal Hands to the Face. Love to engage. Give us a like, give us a follow. And if you're feeling up to it, give us a share.
4: You got it. Thank you very much. And know we're going to catch you up from time to time here on Birds 365. Thanks for doing it with us today, bud.
7: I enjoyed it, Jody. Have a good day, man.
4: My pleasure. That is Brian Colarulo, uh, uh Now a member of the Jacob Media Broadcasting staff, and we'll get him up as a guest every once in a while. I thought you did a real nice job with me here today. Uh, Brian Cameron, managing editor from the Philadelphia Sports Network, uh, has also been on with us before. Looking forward to talking to him again. He'll join us this upcoming hour on Birds 365. Johnny Mac here with you on Birds 365. Johnny Mack already on his way. Probably listening to the coach. No, not till uh, after 9.30. So, I'm uh, making his way over to the NovaCare Complex. Um, coach Sean Desai is going to talk today. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he likes what he's seen out of his players so far in his new system. Um, Reed Blankenship talked to the media yesterday and did talk about the difference between Sean Desai's defense and Jonathan Gannon's defense said very similar that uh, there are a lot of tendencies and tenants that are the same. He just made it sound like Desai's defense is a little easier that uh, maybe the calls, maybe the descriptions a little bit easier to comprehend or maybe he's a second-year player, so he's understanding him a little bit better. You you, you take it through the lens, you take it through and It was uh, Reed Blankenship's yesterday that we got a feel for it. Um, be interesting to see how Sean Desai capsulizes his first week as an Eagle hands-on defensive coordinator. Uh, I guarantee you he's going to be asked about Nikobe Dean, who yesterday, in case you're just seeing it, catching up. Uh, Uh, didn't catch the media reports last night or uh, jumped in early with us this morning. The Dean left the field yesterday with an injury. Didn't appear to be serious. Came back out of the tent afterwards, stayed on the sidelines with the team, did not go back into any further activities or drills or anything. Um, But it just made it look like the Eagle linebacking core. If they lose the Dean and that's saying something. When you take out a guy who got all of 32 snaps last year, that's all that Kobe Dean played last year from the line of scrimmage was 32 snaps. So he's he's basically a rookie plus, and the plus is not all that much, 32 uh, snaps worse. And you take him out of the lineup, and all of a sudden you look like you're just lacking and or one thing. That's not a good sign. So uh, Sean DeTee, uh, I'm sure will be asked about. Just that today. He'll sing the praises of Sean Bradley, I'm sure. He'll sing the praises of Davion Taylor, I'm sure. Maybe even undrafted linebacker Ben Van Sumeran will get the praises of the coach. He's not going to admit to and/or cop to the fact that yeah, it's a little light room right now. You don't want to put the pressure on your general manager to have to be able to come up with something and get something done. Uh, you want to give Howie Roseman the leverage he needs to be able to, if he's got to make a trade. Let me put it this way. I think it's highly unlikely that the Eagles will wait all the way until roster cuts. And remember what roster cuts this year will change the NFL rules. It's just one big cut after the last preseason game. You go from 90 down to 53. Previous year's NFL, there had been cuts in stages that you would have to uh, tell 10 guys at a time. I forget the exact numbers each and every single time. Uh, But there were cuts after basically almost every week of the preseason. So you trimmed your roster down. You will slice your roster this year with one big cut. Can the Eagles really wait till that last cut to say, we're going to find a linebacker. Somebody else is going to cut a linebacker. We're going to be able to scoop up a linebacker that's cut by another team. That's a little risky because you don't know what other teams are going to cut down their linebacker. You look at a team's depth chart and roster. They can't possibly keep this many linebackers. It's a little bit of a risky way and a dicey way to do business. So my guess is Howie Roseman is actually going to be considering trading for a linebacker. So then you get the rub of, Well, if you're going to trade for somebody, how much value do you put on them? And the Eagles have continually shown that they're not going to put an over-evaluation on the linebacker position. So we're in a balancing area here. They may acknowledge, they may show that they believe they have to upgrade the linebacker position, but they want to do so at a cost that they'll uh, be okay with. Sometimes that's a very difficult balancing act uh to try and pull off uh that basically oh we'll get someone but we'll get him for cheap because that's what we want to be we want to be cheap about the linebacker position not not gonna be easy for the eagles to pull off now i hope nicobe dean is back out there in practice for the eagles today hope he makes some eye-opening plays and again give him credit to elliot shaw parks i he said this i was listening to wip uh in a card the other day and i said Well, Elliot should know because he's there every day. I'm not. But the way that he put it, I thought was interesting. N'Kobe Dean has not made any eye-opening plays defensively for the Eagles in any of the practices last year into this year. But he also never screws anything up. That he's where he's supposed to be. He makes the plays he's supposed to make that, hey, you can look bad when you're out there on the field and get beaten coverage and or missed tackles or whatever else. He said it's amazing that he never has an eye-opening play or a worrisome play. That's the upside to the Eagles' linebacker position as of right now. Make sure that your linebacker is not making downside plays. Um, Very interesting to see uh, where where the Eagles go from here with uh, the linebacker position. And Johnny Mack will be back on Monday to tell us how N'Kobe Dean and or the other linebackers looked for the birds in practice today. All right, Joe Mac here with you on Birds 365. Uh, We will be joined next by Brian Cameron, the managing editor of PhiladelphiaSportsNetwork.com. We'll talk all things Eagles with Smith to Cameron next here on Birds 365.
0: stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app.
5: And the big story on Action News. Search
0: 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
6: Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently.
1: Go first!
6: Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles we're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust.
5: Go bird.
6: And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered. But now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: All right, did you know I was the Mommy
6: Slam dunk champion?
1: Really? (laughs) Yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to writer, go to Fake mama. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G
5: L E S Eagles. Eagles. Football Friday here on Birds
4: 365. Thanks for streaming in, everybody. Feel free to hit the like button if you're so desirous. Uh, Johnny Mack in, Johnny Mack out. He's over at Eagle Practice already. But Brian Cameron, uh, managing editor of uh, phillysportsnetwork.com, good enough to jump in with us for a couple of minutes today. Uh, Brian, here's why I want to start with you, because I know you did uh, a post on an article on it. Hassan Reddick sure. and his contract. Um, whether it is a situation, that's the word Coach Siriana used to describe it yesterday or not, only the Eagles and Hassan know for sure, but uh, some Eagle fans not happy because the media brought it up. I kind of uh, bristle at that because Hassan Reddick was the one who brought it up. Uh, Being asked how he judges himself, he said some other players in the league judge by their salary. Well, you opened up the salary door, so now the question can be asked, it was is this going to be a big deal is it going to be a lingering thing is it going to be something that people and uh those that cover the eagles will be talking about for a week two weeks all season how does this play itself out
8: well the one way it won't play itself uh, play itself out is the in the same manner as terrell owens right we're not going to go through that kind of spiel with Hassan reddick doing push-ups in the, in the driveway and you know, that sort. no,
4: no driveway oh.
0: push-ups damn no drive-way i thought i was going to get them again <laughs>
8: <laughs> but um, the Eagles are in a u- unique situation, right? They just signed a Reddick last season. And he, I mean, to be honest, like he, he overplayed his contract. The Eagles got him on a steal, and he's right now the, the 15th highest paid edge rusher in the league. Um, you have guys who didn't perform as well as he did last season. They're, they're getting paid more than $20 million a year. But it, again, it's an interesting situation because you sign a sign Reddick as mostly a hybrid. He's a linebacker, he's an edge rusher. And in the history the NFL, like, these guys don't really get paid that kind of money because there's no way to, to really judge them on how, how, they're, how they're really being paid. Um, but I think this gets resolved, and I think it's more so uh, kind of a, a gentleman's agreement, right? You know, it's kind of let's, let's see how the season plays out. At the end of the season, we can definitely talk about talk about money, talk about an extension. Um, but it's just with the way the culture is with the Eagles, I don't think this will be a lingering issue where you're going to have him holding out. You're going to have him being a little bit more outspoken about it. I think it's going to be kind of close behind doors, um, and they'll they'll definitely resolve the matter in no time.
4: Now, uh, he is in a unique situation because guys outperform their contract all the time. Excuse me. Like Reed Blankenship, undrafted free agent, went in, played pretty successfully when filling in for an injured CJGJ. You would think, oh, I outperformed my contract. Why don't you redo mine? Well, they can't. There are rules against redoing a rookie Mm -hmm. contract, and that's why Devontae Smith could go in and say, hey, yeah, how about redoing my contract? You can't. He is a veteran. He's a guy on a a second contract, so it's something that at least as per the NFL rules could be done. Hassan has been dealing with a groin issue, and there is some speculation that the groin issue is actually a hold-in, that he's – termed it himself as a non-injury it's just precautionary that he's not going full board he's not sitting out but he's not going full board just participating in some uh seven on seven stuff like that um do you Hmm. think there is a possibility that we're already seeing remnants of uh Hassan wanting to get this thing done before the season gets started and get his contract uh ripped up and uh balanced out to where his production is
8: it's a funny coincidence, isn't it? Um, yeah. It's, it's just weird. I mean, this this isn't the Eagles of old where you have guys, you know, doing things like this. And it's just – it was one one great season, right, a, a remarkable season with um, with Hassan Redick. I feel like the Eagles don't really reach the Super Bowl without his play. Um, and he was very a, a very key ingredient for this defense. Going forward, though, it's just – again, the Eagles are in a tough pickle. I mean, you have guys who could possibly be just as good as, as Hassan Redick in the future with Nolan Smith. Uh, you have Josh Sweat coming into his own, and you just drafted Jalen Carter as well. Um, if it does have to get done, I I don't see it being a forceful issue. I don't see it where Hassan's actually going to hold out. He seems like a more of a, a stand-up guy after everything he's been through. Um, he did take a hometown discount, which I'm pretty sure he's very aware of. Like You, you came here on a, a three-year, $45 million. But let, me, let, me ask you
4: let, me, let me interrupt you there because uh, you're not what? the first one to do this, and uh, I disagree with where else I read. Do you think there was a really a better offer out there that somebody else put more than 3 and 45 on the table and Hassan said, nah, I want to go back to Florida. That's my home. I'm going to uh, hang with my homies. Uh, I'll turn down more money elsewhere. To me, that's the definition of a hometown discount. I don't know that that was offered to him elsewhere that he came to the Eagles because he wanted to come home. If you've got any inside info, info that uh, you know a team put more on the table, please share it with us. But I just don't know that that was the case.
8: I don't think so much that was the case. I do believe that there were definitely um, other teams interested at the, at, um, at the time. But this, it, when I say hometown discount, obviously he's coming back home. So he's a Camden native. Um, but the, the situation I had was he was coming coming to a team where it was, it was a, a stability. And he just came from Carolina. Carolina was not going to compete just came from Arizona before that Arizona was not going to compete and the Eagles were in prime position to, to be on the uprise and he joined the club with that, with that in mind. Um, now for the deal, I, I can't say if there was any other bigger deals I would, right. I would think, you know, uh, a guy of his talent definitely had offers on the table after coming off back-to-back season with double digit sacks. Um, but I also think, you know, it, it wasn't a TJ Watt kind of offer. It wasn't a, you know, Miles um Gary kind of is just probably in the ballpark of 50 mil, 40, something mil. Um, and he, he jumped ship with the Eagles.
4: And I'm glad everybody here in Philadelphia is glad that he did because he had the season yeah, that he had last year. And that's why we're talking about a potential redo at his contract. He if you look at just one year, he surely uh earned earned that uh for the numbers that he put up for the Eagles. All right. Uh, You mentioned Eagles on the uptick team that look could get that it could get better or surely did uh, tied in the Super Bowl 10 seconds ago. You can't get much closer without actually having a parade. Um, But now they have to try and repeat. Repeat as NFC champions. Repeat being in the Super Bowl. And maybe a little change to the narrative at the end as to the final score of the game. Uh, we know the history of the National Football League, not easy to do, not easy to get back to the Super Bowl the year before you go and come up just short. Why is this team going to be capable of doing that? Why do you believe the Eagles can get back to the Super Bowl two years running?
8: So, being around this team, uh, I, I stopped by a training camp on Friday and it was a different dynamic. This was a team that's just all business right now. You know, you don't feel the effects of Jonathan Cannon being lost. You don't feel the effect of, Jay, of Shane Steichen moving on. You don't feel the effects of them missing any players from that key Super Bowl run. This team is is primed to, to make a run back to where they where they just were because to them, it, it feels like it's unfinished business. The season hasn't, hasn't finished yet and you can tell like they're right now they're they're present right now. It, it seems like it's in midseason form with how they're handling everything. Everything's very routine. Everything's very um, structured. Everything's just very well put together for a team that's probably going to be the best team in the NFC. I mean, there's not many teams that can really compete with them. And when people mention the 49ers, yes, the 49ers, they have a ton of talent, but the 49ers don't have what the Eagles have, and that's a quarterback that can actually take them to the to the promised land. Um, so it, it seems like it's a wide open field for them. It seems like they could definitely make the make the move to repeat it again. And Nick Ceriani has done a tremendous job of keeping his team focused, keeping his team – um, focus on the matter at hand. It's all business right now. And you can actually sense that with this, with this team.
4: All right. We talked about the linebacker position and the fact that uh, uh, their main linebacker, starting linebacker, the Kobe Dean who played all of 32 snaps went down with an injury yesterday. And all of a sudden the pickings looked a little slim at the linebacker position. Um, if Ben Van Sumer isn't ready to step in and play for this team, or Sean Bradley is not quite anything more than a special teams guy. Somebody's going to have to play linebacker if they have an injury. Um, will Howie Roseman get aggressive here? And when I say aggressive, I mean make a trade for a player prior to the final cutdown. If they wait till the cutdown and then they're going to try and grab the best available one that does get released by another team, so be it. Or did the Eagles see an even bigger need that they can't afford to wait and then kind of cross your fingers and hope that that type of player is out there? Will Howie Roseman get aggressive and try and make a trade for a linebacker before we get the final cuts?
8: I think it's a matter of picking your poison. Uh, right now, the, the Eagles have the same situation they had last year where the linebacker group is not as um, good. The safety group is not as good as well. Uh, we've seen that Nick Ceriani mentioned that the sa- there's a safety spot wide open and that even Kayvon Wallace is in the mix from, to possibly start as well. Uh, so it's a matter of picking your poison. I personally think they should go for linebacker just because you want you want that second level to be secure, right? If N'Kobe goes down, are you really going to trust in uh, Christian Eldridge, uh, Nicholas Morrow, to, to lead that core? Um, you have guys like Devin White who's who expressed interest of, of moving on. You have um, Patrick Queen who has a very unique situation in Baltimore. And the Eagles have the draft capital to make it make it happen. I mean, whether it costs that the same second round pick or whether it costs you know a third or a fourth, whatever case it may be later on, um, they have the draft capital to make it happen. But I think it's just a matter of like, what's more important to you? Is the safety more important or is the linebackers? Um, it doesn't seem like they're completely sold on Terrell Edmonds. If, he, if that safety um, safety spot is still open, Reeve Linkership, we know he's holding. He's definitely holding a spot. And you're not going to hand it to Sidney Brown just yet just because he's an improving commodity. He's a, he's a rookie. Um, so it's, it's a matter of picking your poison. Howie uh, hasn't really made much moves for linebackers in the past, which has haunted Eagles fans for a very long time. Uh, but if they are to, to make one, I think, you know, it's Patrick Queen or, De- or Devin White. Safeties, there's not too many options on board, in my opinion, for him to make them a, a trade for. I mean, Jeremy Chen doesn't like he's leaving in Carolina anytime soon. Uh Antoine Winfield is probably the 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 second best option in in that case, but we don't know what the Bucks are trying to do with him. So it's it's truly just a matter of picking your poison with the Eagles.
4: Here's where I would question Harry Roseman, and I don't like questioning Harry Roseman because he's a very good general manager. Will he make the decision based on the Eagles' overall evaluation of the how much stock they put into the position, or will he base the decision on the guys that are on the roster right now? and how you evaluate them and how you think they could step in and play if need be. I hope he judges by what's on the roster rather than, well, here's what we generally evaluate linebackers. Here's the importance we put on safeties. I get it. Every team does that with every position. The Eagles, we certainly understand that much better because we evaluate them day in and day out. Do you think how he will allow the guys who are here to dictate more than the way the Eagles have done their business in the past, and the amount of importance they put on a position.
8: I think the first one is a, it's a very political way for how we look at it, right? I mean, that's what we get from him in his press conferences. like, okay, you know, we have these guys that can fill in, but we know deep in how he's mind, he's already trying to, to figure out how to how to steal a, a hot commodity off any team. Um, I think a deal does get done at some point this this month. Um, we saw Johnson Gardner Johnson get traded for in August last season, how he has a knack of getting these great guys later in, in the off season. And I think a deal definitely does get done. And I think he's at the point where, you know, you need a linebacker. Like you need somebody if Nakobe goes down or you need somebody next to Nakobe, and a veteran presence next to N'Kobe was would be a genius move because you, you're securing a position that's, that's very, very important in this game that you've negated for so long. Um, I don't think that the guys on the roster are going to dictate this. I think the matter of fact is just this team wants to get back to the Super Bowl, right? So you, it's either you're all in or you're not at this point. All
4: right. Uh, I want to ask you about another position that, again, Eagles don't put the biggest stock in, but they are not alone here. Uh, one of the main talking points during this offseason has been the devalued running back position across the league. Not just Philadelphia Eagles, but across the league. Um Eagles have five running backs in their room right now. And if you want to take it six, to add Brooks Kennedy. Sorry, Brooks, your upside is practice squad. You're not making a 53-man roster. Last year, they went with three running backs all year. Trey Sermon was on the 53, but he was basically inactive every single game. He played all of two games. Um, this year, they have an extra because they let Miles Sanders walk and added both Rashad Penny and uh, DeAndre Swift. So the numbers get crunched even more. The coach again yesterday decided to, again, unsolicited talk up Trey Sermon that he looks great in practice and we were so happy when we got Trey and we were pissed when the 49ers drafted him. He goes out of his way to sing Trey Sermon's praise. He must like the guy a lot, uh, which is more power to him. I, I don't know whether Trey Sermon will or won't have a productive Eagles career. Do they think they can trade one of those guys? Do they think they're going to be able to make a deal? Add that as a sweetener to get their hands on a linebacker? The problem with that is everybody's devalued running backs in the NFL, so I don't know that adding a running back to a trade actually adds anything to the trade. How is running back going to play out for the Eagles this year?
8: I think it's one of their uh, more loaded positions. I mean, we have so many guys with unique – Abilities. You have Boston Scott, who, I mean, shows up twice a year, right, against the Giants. Um, you have Kenny Gainwell, who I, coming into this offseason, thought he would be the guy. Um, either he'll be the one or the two. And he showed tremendous promise in the playoffs um, with his receiving ability. Then DeAndre Swift, who is just a Swiss Army knife, which is phenomenal to have. Uh, Rashad Penny was signed for, for pennies on the dollar. Um it just feels like if, if there's going to be an odd man out, right? The way Nick Sarani is praised, Trey Sermon is kind of like one of those things where either you're praising him to bring up his value or you're praising him to, to move on from a shot penny or a case may be after the off season. Um, they're in a very interesting predicament, especially with with teams, you know, teams like the Colts who are in a situation where their top guy doesn't want to play for them. He wants to leave. You know, those guys can be fishing for, for, you know, any kind of player that they can get. I just. At the end of the day, I, it feels like the, the running back room is going to end up with four. I think it end up with Penny, Swift, Gainwell, and Scott. I think the Trey Sermon hype, is, is that what it is? It's, it's just hype for the moment. Uh, he probably ends up on a practice squad because, I mean, no other team went fishing for him last year. The uh, mm-hmm. Eagles, I think they're just just—they're just, they're doing their due diligence to, uh, to fish around.
4: All right, let me ask you about the quarterback. And uh, John and I marvel at this all the time because uh, we've been doing Birds 365 for a couple of years now all we ever talked about was Jalen Hurts from the end of his first year up until uh, the, the start of last year. Is he good enough? Did they mess up? How badly did Carson Wentz screw them? Turning it over to a guy who was drafted to be a backup is Jalen, And they had the season that he had and he looked pretty good. And they sold us on, he's our quarterback going forward but they also went out and tried to acquire Russell Wilson. They also went out and tried to talk to Sean Watson into coming here. So they weren't as assured as they like to make you believe that that's the case. And then Jalen goes out and has this unbelievably great year and his runner up for the MVP. So now we don't even talk about it. Once they got the contract done, Jalen Hurts became an afterthought. Well, we know we're great at the quarterback. Move on. Let's worry about everything else. A complete nothing burger this week. Now, this is just me, and I need your take on it as well. Peter King was in town, asked Jalen Hurts about the picture on his phone. Um, He's got a picture of himself walking off the field with the red confetti coming down after the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. And Peter asked him about it. And Jalen came up with a very abrupt answer. I won't talk about it. I don't even like the fact that you people know what's on my phone. Jalen Hurts is about as cool and composed a character as you know. And I didn't see video on this, but I certainly read everything that Jalen said. He seemed like really perturbed about this. I think it's a complete nothing burger. Who cares what picture's on his phone? If he uses it as a motivation, good on him. And if he does... Just say, "Hey, it's motivation to get me the green confetti for next year's phone picture." Why did this become a big deal?
8: We're in the age of social media. I mean, social media—they—they they zoom into everything. They—they they, they cut out everything. They try to find anything they, they they can to to really um piss anybody piss anybody <laughs> off. And we know from from seeing <laughs> Jalen, he's a very private guy. Jalen doesn't really like talking about much outside of football. Um. And I, I get it. You know, you, you sign this big deal, you're you are know, definitely the guy, you're doing everything you can to 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 bring up um to bring up a city, right? To bring up a team back to back to his glory days, right? And yeah. you know, you're you you do not have any privacy. And it's just it's it's it comes with the territory, right? You're you're a top quarterback in the NFL. You're gonna be a hot commodity, you're gonna be one you want it on every corner on every block and you're gonna be asked about. Um, I definitely get where he's coming from, you know, his his um his loss of privacy in that matter is just you know, that's something that was probably very intimate to him, something that he used, um, you know, personally to, to make sure that he can get back to where he where he wants to get back because he knows now that he got there um, last year. Uh, So I, I definitely get why he, he was mad, but I think this is, like you're saying, this is a nothing burger that just needs to be swept under the rug and just let the guy live, right? I mean, he didn't want to be part of the, the NFL, um, the, the quarterback special on Netflix. So it's kind of like he's showing you, like, Hi guys, when I'm on the field, I'm on the field. When I'm off the field, I don't exist.
4: And I was uh, elated that he decided to skip that because that was my only concern for Jalen this offseason. Not that he wasn't Mm going to be driven, not that he wasn't going to be prepared, uh, not that he was going to get a big head about getting a big contract. I just thought he might be pulled in too many different directions. And he's as nice a guy as he is that he might have a tough time saying no. Oh, he said no yeah. to the quarterback thing on Netflix. I was like, yeah, good job, Jalen. Thank you very much. Love to see you. If if you did it, I'd watch every single episode, but I'm actually more happy that you didn't do it. All right. Uh, another one of the posts that you put up a while ago that I liked that I want to let you uh, double down on was accountability. The Eagles, as a team, uh, have had it kind of uh, seared into them by the head coach everybody's accountable. And I like the fact that Sirianni was a little vocal in his first couple of practices. Hey, if we're not going long, we better go right. We better go hard. We better Mm -hmm. go strong, that there's a lot of accountability for the uh, Eagles coming into the season off the year they
8: had this year. How
4: do you judge that?
8: It's, it's funny because as you're saying, I'm I'm thinking about the Doug Peterson days where I'm thinking about the, the leaks, the Alshon Jeffrey stuff, the, the Carson Wentz stuff. Um, Doug Peterson was a, was a heavy players coach, but he was also a great coach. Nick Seriani is a players coach, but he also found a way to, to really keep everybody in line professionally. You know, we're, we're a family, you know, we're, we're, we're here to have fun, but at the same time we're here to do a job. And you feel that from even Sean's side now, like we're here to show, you know, show the NFL who Philly is, who the city is, but we're also here to make sure that we get the job done. And they, they have buy-in from, from the guys to the bo- at the bottom of the roster, um, to the guys at the top of the roster, and that's that's huge. I mean, you have veterans like Fletcher Cox and Jason Kelsey falling in line with a guy that mocked.
4: Um... Oh, did we lose uh, Brian? I think we uh, dropped his feet. All right, uh, we'll take a quickie timeout here. Hopefully we can get Brian back up. I got one or two more questions to get to him if we can. Jordy Mack here with you on Birds 365. Come right back. Back, back here with you on Birds 365. We dropped Brian's uh, feed for just a second. We to get him back. Do have a couple more questions. I want to run by him. Uh, managing editor of the Philadelphia sports network.com. Uh, I need a prediction from you, Brian. If either Patrick Johnson or Derek Barnett is going to make the Philadelphia Eagles, which one do you think has a
8: better chance? Patrick Johnson. Hands down. Oh, <laughs> um, Derek Barnett it, it you know he's definitely the the apple of um how he's eye from that, that one draft, but it just hasn't panned out for Barnett here. Um he did have a couple of great moments, but it's it's time to you know to cut ties in my opinion at least.
4: As do I, uh and I gotta been saying that for a couple <laughs> of years now, but uh I guess he's a good guy and they love his work ethic and he's beloved in the room, but Sorry, the production should come first. Do, do you think there's any team around the National Football League that will give the Eagles any conditional type of pick for him? Now, he redid his contract. Now, maybe that's because he didn't want to go anywhere else and he wanted to make the, And Eagles said we can find a spot on the roster for you, but not at the dollar value that you have right now would it be harsh to turn around and either trade him or cut him after they get him to redo his contract? Or is that just the business of football?
8: I think it's just the business of football, but I think it's Howie, right? At the end of the day, you, you, Howie could trade you know a bag of donuts for a all, all pro caliber player at the end of the day. So I wouldn't put it past him that he can you know, move Barnett to a team like possibly um, like the Vikings again, or some, some other um, club in that kind of position. Uh what can, what, they can, what can they get back for it? It'd probably be a, a late-round pick, but I think the Eagles, you know, will value doing that more than just letting Barna go for nothing. All
4: right. Uh, one other prediction for you. We talked about the Eagles' running back room being crowded. Trey Sermon, how is he going to fit in? Uh, we've also seen throughout practice early here this year that they've been working on getting the running backs more involved in the passing game. They did very little of it last year. Sirianni specifically said, hey, you work with what you work with, which means they didn't love their running backs. They've added DeAndre Swift. They expect Kenny Gainwell to be better. How much is backs out of the backfield going to be a part of the Eagle passing game this year?
8: I think it's going to be a very, very, very crucial part of the offense. Um, mm. You're expanding the offense. You're giving Jalen Hurts more weaponry than, um, than he had last season. And from seeing DeAndre Swift so far, he's going to be very heavily involved in this this allows you to be so creative on offense now like you're talking about how creative you know Doug and Frank were when uh, when they had Darren Sproles um this could definitely be a, a great wrinkle on the offense and I think you're going to see a lot of it more than, more than more than um, you you'd expect honestly
4: what do you need to see and we're going to through the rest of the week practice before you know it first preseason game will be up the uh, dual practices, uh, the Eagles have a couple of them this year with the Browns and with the Colts. Um, what do you think Sirianni is looking to establish? Uh, as finite a detail as you want, or just generally speaking, what do you think the Eagles have to do between now and the opener against the Patriots in September?
8: No, did we lose Brian's volume? I'm here, sorry about that. I I'll hey, have No on problem. You. <laughs> um, I think they just have to get their defense in order. And I don't mean that in a very um, disrespectful manner or anything like that. I think it's just a matter of getting your, the, who's going to be your guy at a, each position, right? Who's going to be the starting safeties? Um, I think going into week one, you don't want to have any second thoughts of who you're going into, into battle with um, in the front line.
4: Do the uh, Yeah, but there are several positions on this team that they rotate and they use depth as a tool, certainly the defensive line being one of them. And I think the Eagles have – who was it? Bucky Brooks from the NFL said the Eagles' defensive line is the number one positional group offense or defense in the entire National Football League. And, oh, by the way, I agree with Bucky there. So it's not just one guy. It's several different guys. So then it falls to the coaching staff to deploy them as best they can in just the right Mm -hmm. way. That's another key aspect of uh, some of the changes in the coaching staff. Sirianni's talking it up pretty good, but he was very tight with both Cannon and with Shane Steichen. You think the coach has unfettered belief in his coaching staff, doing the substituting during a uh, game when you got to get certain guys in, certain guys out?
8: It seems like it so far. It seems like he's letting um, Sean Desai kind of take the reins and do what he has to do while um, giving as much input as he possibly feels comfortable with. Um, I think that's the great thing about Sirianni that the, his, his faith and his trust in his guys right off the bat is going to, you know, is, it pays off for him. Um, he trusted Jonathan Gannon in the Super Bowl, right? Um, he trusted Shane Steichen with, with his offense, and everything just panned out perfectly. You don't see too many coaches kind of taking a backseat from play calling just to kind of monitor the, the team as a whole.
4: But that's uh, I think one of the strengths of Sirianni is that he had confidence enough in his coaches and himself to be a CEO coach. And it worked out damn well with a Super Bowl appearance last year. All right, saved maybe the most important question for last There's a wink involved here uh, because Johnny Johnny Mac doesn't like talking about uniform colors. But this past <laughs> week, we saw the reaction of Eagle fans with the return of the Kelly Green uniforms. I happen to be a big fan. I'm not an over-the-top, oh, my God, yeah, you didn't find me on that line standing waiting to get a Kelly Green jersey. (laughs) I may get one at some point, but but I do appreciate the fans' appreciation for the Kelly Green. Does it have any effect on the Philadelphia other than it excites the fans, puts a couple extra dollars in Jeff Lurie's pocket, uh, some of the players shoot uh, Josh Sweat, already without ever having wear, wearing it once in the game. Said, "Oh, this should be our number one color." Does it have any effect on a team whatsoever, Brian?
8: I think so. I mean, listen, going um, looking your best on game day is, is it means everything to these guys, right? And now I, it feels like the Kelly Green jersey is, is up there in that um in that, in that upper echelon of, of looking your best um the nostalgia behind it the the look of it how distinctive it is how unique it is i think it's gonna it could definitely give that they use a little bit of an edge i mean if you're playing good while looking good there's, there's no better feeling in the world <laughs> which means more looking good
4: or your Madden rating, because those two things seem to be high on the player's priority list. If you're telling me looking good is that high, the only other thing that can rival it would be your Madden rating. They seem to care about that uh, a ton, which is more important to players.
8: In my opinion, I think looking good. I think the Madden rating oh, is a little bit man, overstated. Oh, man, you
4: are. You're buying into this. They're going to be pumped up and play better than ever because they're in Kelly.
8: <laughs> I love it. Um, the Madden rating, is, it is what it is, right? I mean, they, they haven't gotten it wrong. I mean, they haven't gotten Madden right in how many years? So mm. the Eagles got the Kelly Green right, you know, the first try right there. So I think looking good matters a lot more to them right now.
4: Brian, great stuff. Do me a favor. Check them out. One of the websites I go to every single day before I prepare for Birds 365 is phillysportsnetwork.com. Thank you very much for hopping in. You know we're going to have you on plenty during the season. Thanks for doing it with us today.
8: I appreciate it, Jody.
4: Thank you for having me on. My pleasure. Brian Cameron from uh, phillysportsnetwork.com. I did not expect that answer. I thought he was going to go, yeah, they like to look good. Everybody like, don't oh, Jody, don't you like to look good? Yeah. Come on. I don't really care anymore, but uh, as long as I know what I'm talking about, you guys can understand what I'm talking about. That's what I care about. I'm uh, the, the, uh, I'm past the care what I look stage, but he put a heavy emphasis on Ailey that Yeah, it can actually rise to the level of you can play better because you look better. Didn't think Brian was going there. I hope he's right because there were some guys that seemed to be quite pumped up by the new Kelly Green. I think it's more for the fans than it is for the players, but that's just me. Uh, However, it came down, I uh, give credit to Jeff Laurie, who uh, worked hard to be able to get the entire Eagle uniform back, Kelly Green jerseys and helmets included. They needed to wait until the NFL wised up enough to say, yeah, why are we holding back on the helmets? Why are we putting restrictions on helmets? We need to do away with that. And it did. And the Eagles were able to get the old school uniform back. That's one thing I surely am, is an old school kind of guy. Uh, I'll be looking forward to when the Eagles don the Kelly Green this year. I'll be looking forward to talking to my guy, John McMullen, on Monday. He'll be back. I believe the Eagles are off tomorrow, which means practice on Sunday, which means McMullen will be here for a full show on Monday. Uh, Very much looking forward to that. Um, John may be on 24-7 tonight. So make sure you check back here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Thanks to uh, Brian Cameron for hopping on and a good job out of Bill Calarulo who will be doing a Monday night uh, podcast here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel as well. A uh, guy who's jumping into the media biz after uh, being a lawyer for a while. His uh, podcast, Legal Hands to the Face, is something uh, you might want to check out here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. All right. Have a great weekend, everybody. Myself and Johnny Mac, Mac and Mac guys, will be back here with Birds 365 in two and two days, that is.
3: You've been listening to Birds 365.
0: and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL.
1: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery.